Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are you serious? Hello, this is How to Kill an Owl. My name is Marcus Bronzy. There's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you in advance for killing some time with us. Now, we have had some good news recently. A few weeks back, How to Kill an Owl attended via online video, aka Zoom, the British Podcast Awards. And we're really happy to say that we stepped away with an accolade uh, in the best interview category. As an independent black-owned podcast, we are really, really happy to be able to to be up there punching with some of the world's biggest broadcasters and companies that work with them who produce podcast content. We are up alongside those guys. So to even be in the conversation where we were nominated was a real, real privilege. So to come away with something that we can hold our heads high with was a real big thing. Now, if you're a big fan of the show or you've been listening to us for a while, we or you're like one of those people that notices little changes in things. Like we had an episode 98 and episode 99, and then we skipped straight to an episode 100. Cause I said a few years back, you know, let's save episode 100 for when something important happens or something we want to celebrate. And I guess this is it. So that's why we have called this episode 100. And what we're going to do to make it even more confusing is we're probably going to end up, no, we are splitting this 100th episode into a few chunks. And what we're going to do is we're going to look back at some of the fun that we've had over the years at How to Kill an Hour and also talk to some of our main contributors, our, our family of presenters that have joined us over the years. Now, when we first started How to Kill an Hour, it was just myself, Ace and Billy in a dingy basement recording the podcast. And about nine episodes in, Ace had to go over to Canada and Dev, we invited onto the show, who's now obviously a, a regular presenter. And we did this thing, which was kind of like for us, we find it quite amazing at the time, but now it's like whatever with Zoom. But we got Ace to dial in via Skype and we got to record him in the show and have a chat with him. And, and I think what's funny about this clip is Dev and I weren't really ready for how much of an experience Canada was for Ace. He was out there for quite a serious reason, which you'll hear in the clips, but he's also somebody that I don't think was really enjoying the Canadian, well, much of what Canada had to offer, really. He was enjoying seeing his family, but in this clip from episode nine, you'll be able to hear about Ace's experience in Canada and how it all came tumbling down quite literally. And then afterwards, we can have a chat with Ace. The first thing is don't ever call Canadians... Americans, they will yeah. punch you in your face. Slap you some bacon. Um, they, they really, and I'm in Montreal right now, which is uh, the second most, the second most French-speaking city after Paris. Really? Yeah, so they speak French over here. 
So is it more French than English? Yeah, like French is the first language. So like you, in school you learn yeah. French and English. So how have you been surviving out there? Um I don't know, I just point that stuff in it. <laughs> give give me that. <laughs> <laughs> and just throw the, throw the money on the table do they need to though do they need to speak French over there aren't they just being a bit extra it's like oh come on Montreal everyone else over that side of the world is talking English right like no you want to be special you want to speak French you, 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 you guys are free man right you guys are free you can speak whatever you want it's strange like so like they speak they speak French and when they speak in English, it's got an American accent and their money's got the Queen on it. It's all weird. Wow. I think they're too isolated. I think they need to tell him, man, that the, the Queen, the, the, the Sovereign doesn't have that much power anymore, guys. <laughs> take a, take the Queen off your money and be free. <laughs> you could be, be like, the, you could be like the Abe Lincoln of, of Montreal, <laughs> Ace. You could run around, free the slaves. I don't think I care that much if I'm with <laughs> I'm out here because my aunt passed away. Rest in peace to Auntie K. R.I.P. Auntie K. love. I met an amazing woman, and we're out here. We're all out here for the funeral, and so I'm. We're, I'm in the family house. Everyone's grieving and stuff, and I'm just about to leave to, to my hotel. Everyone's in there. My aunts are in there. My cousins are in there. And my aunt's got a really beautiful house in Montreal, and it's something I'm not very really used to. The concept of a basement. Because I'm from I'm from London And not a lot of people Have basements in London um, I know about houses And flats and stuff And my mum's got a house But she ain't got a basement And I've never really seen A lot of basements And so as I'm leaving And the house The front room's quite dark I've kind of stepped back And forgot that it was A stairwell to a basement <laughs> So <laughs> I've literally yeah, fallen down the stairs. Now this, the, like that's funny already. It's funny, but what what's funny is the is the length of time it's taken for me to get from the top of the stairs all the way to the bottom. But you know, like it took me so long. Like I'm literally falling and thinking at the same time. Like I'm like raw. I'm falling down the stairs. Ah oh, shit! Everybody's upstairs, and they just see me fall down the stairs. What am I going to say when I hit the bottom? <laughs> like, I, I had this whole conversation in my head, like, as I'm falling down the stairs. Were you falling down the like, stairs backwards? To a point where I was like, no, do you know what? Like, I was falling for so long that at one point I was like, oh, right, that's the end. <laughs> oh, shit, no, I'm still going. It took, I'm not, it took me about half an hour to get to the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> this, is how, this is how long it took me to get to the bottom of the stairs, yeah? My cousin Rachel... <laughs> See me fall and got to the bottom of the stairs before me <laughs> to try and help me. And then I, I licked the bottom of the stairs and all I could think to say to everybody was, I'm okay. And I've looked up and there was just loads of black faces till someone was screaming and um, I haven't been able to live it down for the last three days. Uh, my leg is totally fucked and... Um, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna send you a picture of the stairwell so you understand. Yes. It was like it was almost it was like I was falling to hell. It was it was forever. I w- it just I wouldn't stop going. Oh. 
<laughs> Ace, please send, what? That, send that to us, no. please, or Snapchat it. Send a video. We'll put that online, man. We have to. I, w- we, I was falling for so episode. long. Should we put that up as a bonus episode. Ace, just show us the stairs. My uncle was up here sleeping. By the time I got to the bottom of the stairs, he was up. <laughs> the neighbors are like, "What was that?" <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a. I've, and I could, you know, I couldn't like. I pride myself in saying I've never fallen downstairs before. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's Ace. What's going on, bro? <laughs> What's going on? I'm having horrible flashbacks of falling down them stairs. I th- and I think I've only just stopped lim- limping like last week. <laughs> <laughs> you like just stopped limping. Oh, man. What's going on, bro? It's been a long time, man. It's been a minute, man. It's good to see you, bro, with all that hair as well. What's going on over there, man? <laughs> It was lockdown has been has been a time where I've definitely known that I still have the capacity to grow mad afro, but it's yeah. it's at a point now where it's and I think it'll be like this for a long time. If I try to grow this and make it into like you know, I'm not saying it's not a proper afro, but you know, like an afro that has real presence. Yeah, right. instead of looking like, bro, you kind of need to get a trim. Like, I think I'm about two three months away from that now. I think like growing out your hairline is the new flex. I can't do that. And whenever I see people with a hairline, I'm like, raw. That to me is like you having the sickest rolly. The fact that you can like, <laughs> the fact that you've got this strong hairline, it's just, it's a, it's a flex. You could be in any car. It doesn't matter. You could be in a micro, in a Nissan micro. But from you, from you got that full hairline, you are winning. So salute to you, man. And everybody else that's got a hairline. You know what though To be fair It's easier for you though Isn't it It's less maintenance Less maintenance bruv Yeah but I, I mean I would swap a lot For a hairline I'm not gonna lie I always say If I ever hit lottery I'll be in Turkey That weekend And by <laughs> summer I'll have dreads <laughs> Long dreads. Do you know There's, a, there's a few ways Of doing it Have you seen the tattoo <laughs> ones Ah uh, no, I don't like that, man. I w- I think I'll go the whole hog. Like I don't want to do. And people keep sending me like DMs with the man weave and all that. Like I'm not really <laughs> into that. I don't want to do that. If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna go and get the surgery. I'm gonna get the the uh, the plugs. Is it called plugs? Hair plugs. 
Yeah. Where, does, where does the hair actually come from, though? Like, is it somebody else's? Is it your own? I've done a bit of research into this. So basically, what they do is they take the follicles out of the back of your head. I think yeah. I believe. Right. And then they, then they kind of do it in. There's a there's a couple other ways actually. There's a way where they like inject your hairline. Like what they do is they take blood out. I'm something to do this. They take they take blood out and they inject your hairline with blood that they've like put in this machine and whisked it around and then yeah. the hairline like that. But apparently that's quite painful. Then there's a way where they take the follicles out the back of your head and then they pull it on something like that. I don't know. So but they take that, hair from where the back of your head is and put that onto yeah. the top of your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but once you get it done once. If your hairline continues to recede, isn't there going to be a gap where there's like baby fresh hair and then there's hair that is in the wrong place? So would you have to keep doing it? I haven't necessarily thought about it. I mean, um, Wayne Rooney did it and his hair looks all right now, isn't it? Yeah, but I reckon he's got enough money for the top ups. Do you know what I mean? If he had to go Uh, back and fill in a little bit here and there, he's all right. Who who else's hairline came back? Um, Tory Lanes. Yeah, Tory. Tiger. Yeah. Um, Um, French Montana. French Montana, Safari and Tiger had the same doctor. Right. Um, so yeah, salute to all of those guys that did that. I believe, actually no, there's someone else that I think did it, but I don't know if he wants us to know, but there is a very, very popular UK MC that I believe went and got the top up. I'm just going to get, can I have a guess? I mean, you can, but I'm not going to confirm or deny. All right. I'm looking at Ace's face as I say this. Romeo So Solid Crew. Nah, nah, it's definitely not Romeo. Harvey So Solid Crew. You're thinking too old school. Believe it or not. New school, okay. This person is still active today and very active, actually. Bizzle. I'm not going to say more than that. Bizzle. <laughs> He's not, I'm not going to Bizzle, but I'm not going to say any more. Now, because you're, you're whittling it down. But there is definitely an MC. I'm about 80% sure that this MC has confirmed to me that they went and went to Turkey. Interesting. Do you know what? Speaking about hairlines, do you know what MCs never really had a shape up ever? Who? Kano. Yeah, he doesn't need to. He's just pretty, isn't it? He just, he's always just had the low, tr- he's always had the COVID trim, like the trim where it's like a one level and he doesn't have to do anything to it. Yeah, just that low one. It's true. I don't think I've seen him with a fade. Never. It's always been yeah. like a one level. Interesting. Big Very interesting. Big up to mm. K. And I've noticed one thing about all of the UKG crews, like they always have a barber in them. So I know out of, seriously, in Roll Deep, do you know who the barber is? No, tell me. Oh, it's the one you would not expect. The one who has had the most hair for the longest amount of time. Flo Dan? Yeah, Flo Dan was the barber. The barber? Yeah, we were in Iron Upper in like 2006, I think it was, or 2007 or something. And he was, he was the one doing trip. Like we, would, we needed trims, we were working together and he was the barber. So he took out the clippers and gave us the trim. You, got to, you know, Flo Dan can play basketball as well. He's got bear tricks under his sleeve. I didn't know that. He's really good at basketball. Never ending talent. And he also can drive a transit van. If you're old school Flo Dan. <laughs> Are you <laughs> Yes. You're an old school fan, you know about that lyric. Um, but yeah, Ace, it's been like four years since we ha- did that episode. That was episode nine of How to Kill an Hour, where you took the trip down the stairs. Crazy, man. You know, you know my fan will remind me of that moment. That's what I was just about to ask you. I was going to say, like, whenever you're in Montreal, have you gone back to Montreal since? I haven't been back to Montreal since, but I've seen my family from Montreal and yes, that is a ongoing family joke at family functions. So 
Salute to Hannah, salute to Josh, salute to Rachel. Yes, they still laugh at the fact that I took a 20-minute trip down their stairs. One flight of stairs. I don't know why it took so long still to this day. And like I said, I like I genuinely, I think I only have just recently stopped limping. <laughs> I used to go to the barbershop and the man would be like, fam, have you been doctors yet? I'm like, nah, I'm all right, man. I'm all right. We actually did a, I won't, I won't play a clip from it. We did a, a follow-up episode of your leg and it, it did get pretty bad, didn't it? There was like antibiotics. Dude, <laughs> there was nah, doctors dude, involved. Hella skin off the front. Of, uh, sorry if you're... Uh, it, was like, it was like a big white patch of flesh. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's still a mad scar, but it is what it is. These things happen. Yeah. And have you been near any basement since? No. That's all I know. We don't really have in the UK's basements, innit? No one, really, like, no one don't really have basements here. Like, that's definitely yeah. like a, a America-Canadian thing, like, to have a basement. You know, like, I've been watching so many... Um, you know, one thing I've been doing during quarantine is watching so many, like, crime docs. And the yes. amount of crimes that happen in basements. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe our crime isn't that bad over here because we don't have basements. Like, it's really like guns. Do you think it's like, so the more guns there are, the more crime there is. But you also think the more basements there are, the more crime there is. Definitely. <laughs> they got, like, so many things have happened in the basement. Yeah, I was in my grand's basement. Why has Grant, the grand always got a basement as well? Think about the person that. who's the least likely to be able to go up and down those little creaky right. stairs that they've got to a basement. Yeah. Like, what is in these basements? They have basements and garages. Do they need all of this space? What's going and on? attics as well. Attics, yeah. It's crazy. I don't know, man. That's, that's very weird. Very weird. I shall investigate. But um, what else has been going on with you, Ace, man? You've been very busy. In fact, can I just salute you? I want to say for the Black Lives Matter episode that you did with BBC Radio 1 Extra, um, like you and Shawnee B really sat down and had a real deep heart to heart about being black in the UK, basically. And I just, I think... We did an episode here at How to Kill an Hour. You did some great content. But it was really nice to kind of hear two black men having a conversation that we've all had off air, but to yeah. hear you have that conversation, quite frankly, that was, that was, it was, it was, it gave us good energy to kind of feel like we were with you in that moment. Definitely. I think, I think like me and Marcus, we bond because we have a love of broadcasting. And I think what, comes across is our love for what we do definitely so like if it's me and it's music if it's Marcus and it's tech whatever like we talk about that and we talk about it in depth so we have we don't always have the opportunity to talk personally and especially Shawnee Shawnee is dancehall man whenever he's on the mic he's talking dancehall whatever do you know what I'm saying with me I might do daytime I might talk about popular culture I might talk about R&B whatever and I just think even having this 18-year BBC career, people have never really had an opportunity to hear me talk about some of the injustices I may feel like I faced or just me personally. Like, they might feel like they know me, but they don't really know, no, no. So I think it really hit home to a lot of people, some of the things that we were saying. And I even said it the next day, like, the response has been overwhelming. But I think it, it the response more so comes from the fact that people that even work with me day in, day out would not know how I felt about my position in this industry based on what I look like, how I feel I have to, um, how I have to maneuver through the building, all of these different things, or how I just have to maneuver in life. And I just think there was, there was many like key bits of that show that sit with me. And it's one of the proudest things I've ever done, man. And I always say this, whenever people ask me about that show, I just really want to salute to that, to the white woman called Kaylee, who was honest enough to come on the line and say, um, 
this goes against everything I believe in. I don't know why I feel this way, but if I saw a big black man walking down the street, I would be intimidated. And I think a lot of people would have been like, looked at themselves and be like, raw, would I be intimidated? And if I am intimidated, then why? Where does that come from? And I just think conversations are having around everything that we've been talking about recently. And the conversation is where change begins. And these conversations weren't happening before. And now they're happening. People are starting to open their eyes. I, I've been having conversations with some of the strangest, I want to say strangers in there, strange people, just people that have reached out to me that one, didn't, I didn't know, knew I existed. And two, I just didn't think would necessarily care as much. It's crazy. So this is, I'm really proud of what we did. And I genuinely feel like this moment right now, the needle is being moved in the direction of progress. I don't know how you feel about it, Marcus. I feel like now we've had a lot of, of light on the matter. It's been spread. And I think now, like you said, the needle of progress is moving. I think we need to focus on making sure we've had conversation now. We've, 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 we've pushed that agenda and that's, that's happening. Conversation's happening, but now it's about holding companies accountable so that there's change um, and us making sure that we continue to push forward. So for me, it's like more of a, now we've had the conversation and, and some action. Now we need to continue that action. So someone who's doing something that I really believe is amazing is Swiss Black Pound Day, something that that's going to continue now. It's not, it wasn't just a day where we as a country invested in black businesses. Now, when you look at the Black Pound Day website, they've got, this is happening next month. This is the next one. This is the next one. Then we just have to continue things moving. So um, I think that's great. And also the fact that we've all got social media now and accountability, like I just said, is a big thing. So these big companies that have said they're going to make change, they're going to do things. This is the time now where we can say, hey, you tweeted that a month ago. Where are you at now? You tweeted that a month ago. I'm on your website and I'm looking at your board of directors. Do you know what I mean? And, and Frank Butcher has been someone as well. Like he's, we can't get him at the moment because he's like in the middle of putting together a black mix mag because he's editor, edit, he's, doing, he's editing that now. So he's making sure that he's doing some amazing stuff there. He's been somebody who's been amazing as well over this time as oh, well. And, I, I love seeing what Funk's been there, man. Salute yeah. to Funk. Yeah, he's, Every, he's, he's just poignant and he just hits home, man. So salute to Funk for sure. I would not want to be on his bad side on Twitter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got, he got a nice little army as well. Like, I like Ooh, that as well. Yeah, <laughs> he has. He has. But um, So yeah, I think Ace, now we've had the conversation and thank you for having that conversation for you, you and Seanian. Like, now I just think now is the time for action, action, action. Do you know what I mean? We've had a wonderful story that came up um, about Bristol where they took down a, a statue of a slave owner. Yeah, basically what he was. Um, and they replaced it with, with one of the activists that was there on the day. Like a, and now the Bristol have taken it down, the council, but they've put, put it in the museum because they said, obviously, they, they have to have a conversation about what goes up next. They can't just have somebody popping up a statue. But the fact that they've taken that and that's now gone into their museum as part of history, that's now a conversation point as well. So, yeah, man, I feel like... If anyone from Bristol... There. there was a... I wish I knew the guy's name, but someone will someone will look this up. But the first bus strike in in Bristol, yeah. so there was like a, a uh, I wish I got the the, the the details, but there was a bus strike in Bristol, and it was to do with the fact that black people couldn't get on buses. It was kind of like the Rosa Parks thing, and there was a black yeah. man that the, that fronted. I think he was a bus driver. That guy, I can't remember his name. I, I wish I had got this information. But when you guys were looking up. There was, there was the like the first bus strike in Bristol. If we can, we can celebrate that and get people to know about that. I've, that story for me, um, 
is something I want I want kids to know about. And I think for, especially for that city as well. And you know, Bristol's got so much history as well, man. Especially in terms of black people. So it much has. history. And There's, I was always, I was saying when, when that Colston Hall came down, um, Colston statue came down, I've DJed at Colston Hall like maybe three or four times and I had no idea that the hall was named after this guy. I had no idea. I've played there with Angie Stone. I think with Amarie. I did some research. I think the Marlies have played there. Like, it's mad. Like, people would, people probably don't know. So, yeah, I enjoyed watching the statue come down. I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the renaming of the hall—that's up for—that's up for debate as well. That's up, yeah. Which is got to happen for sure. It's got to happen, man. Um, mm. And yeah, as a broadcaster, you've been active, man. Can we talk about your FM soiree at the moment as well? <laughs> <laughs> FM soiree. So, um, I launched the show in Ghana, which is um, hella fun, man. Like, so um, I got a, I got a message from a friend of a friend who's like, look, they're looking, they really want you to come and they're launching a new station in Ghana called the Sarsi FM. Um, and, um, the owner of it is quite a big deal over there. And he's like, he's doing the, the bully boy tactics. He's stealing all of the big presenters from other Ghanaian radio stations. I love it. I, yeah, I love the, like the media monopoly. Like I wish I was over there to, in, to be part of it, but um, he's taking like loads of presenters from various different radio stations and he's put them all on this, on this, na- on this network called the Sarsi FM. And we're killing it in Ghana. Absolutely. Where people are locked in for to me every Saturday night, they're giving me free reign to do whatever I want. I've been, um, just mixing it up, screaming on in my house. Um, I'm able to broadcast from my house, which is a beautiful thing. And it's, it's gotten a great, great response. And I'm live on the radio in Ghana every Friday night. I've got family over there that are hitting me up saying, yo, you're killing it. I've done literally my third show now and I'm just really enjoying it. And like, obviously during COVID, I haven't had an opportunity to broadcast live. Like my shows, and this is like me lifting the curtain, but my shows on Saturday are pre-recorded. Um, and I'm doing them from home and I'm pre-recording them during the week. So like just to be back on live radio has been so refreshing to me, man. Ooh, yes. Yeah, so, and it's a big, it's a big country to be across, man, as well. It's like 30 million people, I think. So it's a, yeah. a lot of people, man. I, I also think like for, for us, this is the market that we, we all need to be looking at, man. Like, G Money, who was a, a presenter on One Extra, he moved to Kenya. Maybe for, he was like, yeah, I'm just going to go and see what it's like over there. He was offered a job over there. Let me just see what it's like. He thought he'd be back in a year. He's, he's been there since, I don't know, it's been over, maybe over 10 years now. He's just there. He's situated. He's a celebrity in Kenya. And he has shows that are syndicated all over Africa. So he, has a, he runs a station in Kenya. He's the head of a station in Kenya. But he also has a show in Ghana. He's got a show in South Africa. And I just think all of us need to be thinking more global, man. I think... I think this is the beautiful thing about what you're doing as well. Like you, this is your platform. This is a platform that you started and it goes everywhere. It's not run by radar figures or how many listeners you get or how much advertising you can sell. Like your show, you record it and you just, and it just goes out there and it's everywhere. And I think we all need to be starting to think more global. Like the internet makes the world tiny. And I think for a long time, we've all had this like wanting to bust in the ends and wanting to bust in the UK mentality. Forget that, man. Like the world is massive, but the world is also small because the internet, we are so connected to everywhere. I'm broadcasting live to the whole of Ghana from my bedroom. That is nuts. And we can all do things like this. So yeah, technology is a beautiful thing and it's allowing us to all be more international. Let's yeah. do that. Let's start thinking more international. 
Yeah, and it also enables us to own as well, which I think that's an important thing. It's like editorially, we can choose what we want to put out here. And it's a responsibility as well, like now that, you know, we, we're five years deep in the game, but also the fact that you can have ownership over your music when you put it out, you know, you can have ownership over your podcast when you put it out. You don't have to bend to the will of others. It's a freeing experience, man. And it, it, it makes the juice well much more worth the squeeze, 100%, man. So I, I agree, man. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and like, you know, all you need now is you've got, you've got one of the roadcasters, isn't it? The roadcaster. Yeah, I, I, just just... The it's like, I don't know why I haven't had it for ages. You know what's funny? So I started to get, well, this is a tech podcast. Yeah, man, it's like crack it? on. Yeah, yeah, crack on, bro. So I had a Procaster mic. I've had a Procaster mic for ages. Yeah. And I've been plugging it into a mixer and it just doesn't, like, the, and you got to whack the gain all the way up to get anything out of it. And yeah. I've never understood, like, this mic's supposed to be good. And then um, I did a little bit of research and I was like, oh, I've got the wrong mixer for the Procaster. So I looked into the Roadcaster. I was like, okay, let me just, let me pick up one of these. Picked up a Roadcaster. And it's just like, this is phenomenal, man. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's changed the way I do everything. Like, I'm, I think like there's a couple of things I would change on it. What would you change? Because I'm having, I'm having chats with Road about a few things like this. They're open to listen. This is what they need. They just need an input for music. I think the the phone input is all right, but I think they just need a um, a phono in or um, a jack in for music. Like I just think the phone, the little phone mini jack thing, because mine's like hissing at the moment. I don't know if there's a problem with mine, but I just I just think like it needs a it just needs a fader that is strictly for. Um, some a mixer, another mixer, or music. It just needs that. That's what it needs, and it'll be perfect. Yeah, like what another input. Yeah, yeah. I think it could yeah. do with that, and also I could do with having like two effects channels. So this sounds real extra, but I'd like to be able to play like music and then sound effects over the top, just as an option. Do you know what I mean? So just another okay. little fader for sound effects, and or maybe a way to kind of can give a bit more control. And also Reverb, they, they gave us Reverb on the... Actually, I think you might be able to hear it now. Let me see if you can hear this. They've given it to us on the um, beta version. Let me try to turn it on. Can you even hear this? Can you hear Reverb now or not? Oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've not put it on properly because, yeah, you can get... Re- I can hear Reverb, but they've not. But I'd like to be able to put a little bit of that on the mic as well. Just give a bit of energy to it if you want as well. Other than it's, it's a wicked bit of kit, man. Yeah, I think punches, man. The Bluetooth option is dope. Like it may, like even the fact that you can set it to whatever mics you got. It's, I think it's really good. I just yeah. think that it's another music input. Mm. Yeah, it would be the winner. But yeah, man, it's a, a sick, sick thing. And the mics are all right as well. We've done some reviews on the pod mics as well, which are kind of reasonably priced. And that Procaster is pretty good as well, right? The pod. I always get them confused. This is the Procaster, the desk, but that's the mic is called the. No, the Procaster is the mic. That's the it. Pro- the Roadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> there, you go. Yeah. there you go but yeah man yes it's a good look it's a good look and also I'm one extra you're still doing your show as well which is good yeah man hopefully I'll be back on daytime we're looking at early August hopefully we're getting the schedule back to normal obviously like with um, social distancing and stuff we can't have like just bare people turn up back at the studio like mm. and you'll know from being up there there's it's so many people I mean you're talking about news three different radio stations one extra Asian network and um, Radio 1 so they're just trying to work it out so they can be as minimal amount of people but still get back to the schedule because yeah it's everybody's had to kind of this is the new normal as we keep saying like they've had to change shows there's obviously like if you guys are following 
the transfer window in radio. There's obviously some, <laughs> there's obviously some new changes that will be happening in August as well. So yeah, we'll just see. We're just going to see what's happening. But I'll be back on on daytime at some point real soon. Nice, nice. Yeah, there's been a lot of movement and whispers. A lot, a lot, a lot of movement and whispers. So. Do you, are you? I'm not going to press you, but do you, do you have some knowledge? Are you aware of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I know some stuff, but yeah. salute. But before, even if if we have an opportunity to say, it, I don't know if this is going out, but salute to Dottie, man. I think what she did in in that breakfast slot um, is is phenomenal, man. She, I, I think, I said this to her like her source is unmatchable, like, and I think she brought some different kind of source to breakfast radio and she even brought source to the station and being able to stand next to somebody like that gives us all source so big up to Dottie and I know she's going to kill it whatever her next move is yeah man I, I, I feel like the pressure is on for the person who's stepping into oh, those man. shoes man so I, I wish them the best of luck I, w- I wouldn't want to step in them shoes. I, to be fair, I wouldn't even want to wake up that early in the morning, but I would definitely put <laughs> the pressure of coming off the day. <laughs> you've, you've done breakfast before. What was your method? Because I, I used to try to get the early night. So I, I did weekend breakfast. I didn't do breakfast breakfast. But for, for me, that was hard because I'm an active DJ as well. So I was like DJing on a Friday night and then going straight to the radio station saying, I had no method. That's the thing. My method was, <laughs> Just make sure you're there at half five in the morning. That was my method. It wasn't go to bed at this time or I was just like, people calling me like, can you do a booking in Birmingham? And I'm like, um, okay, cool. As long as I can finish my set by like one, two o'clock and just be on the motorway. I don't want to say this, but going fast within the speed limit, if that makes sense. Um, 71 and, and I, a half miles an hour. There you, you know go. what I mean? Like, uh, and, it, and you know, when I think back, it was really dangerous because I'd be knackered and just be thinking, look, I've got to get back to the station in time. I can't. And I would just go. I'm like, it was hella Red Bulls and energy drinks. It was just like, yeah, it, it's not something I would do again. And if I was to ever do breakfast, if I was in a position where it was just like an undeniable, like you should really do this. I would have to quit. It would have, I'd have to really weigh up whether I want to continue DJing or not because it changes your whole life. Like, and, and I think, I think Dottie's done it for four years. And in that time, she's had a baby. She's got another baby on the way. Like, these are things that you want to make sure that you're going to give the most to your family. Like, there's so many things that you have to weigh out. It changes not just your life, but your family's life as well. Like, mm. having to go to bed at nine o'clock every day, having to miss out on events, like, always be, like, do you know what I mean? And then yeah. what Dottie does as well, sorry to keep going on about her, but she would, like, go and she would do her one extra show until 10 and then go to the office and do her day job. She's got another job as well. Like she works at a label. So I think I'm giving all her business out there, but she's, she's a very hardworking person. So breakfast is a hard job. I only did it two days a week and it killed me. <laughs> it, it broke me, bro. But I was, I, I used to want to have my cake and eat it though. So for, a, and I always took the new year's day slots as well. Like I, I was, I'll, I'll take those extra shifts, but I'd be like, actually, I've done a few New Year's gigs with you. I would, you see me drinking in the club. But what see, I did was, is I'd... <laughs> I've definitely seen you. Yeah, I've definitely got a lot of energy. But um, I'd get the airport transfer. So they're like a kind of taxi, but they're designed to take you long distances to an airport with all your kit or your luggage. So I'd book those who would, they were obviously cheaper than booking uh, a, a independent taxi or a driver or whatever. So I'd sort that out. But many a time I have been there five minutes before going on air with my head in my hands, 
feeling full of club vibes. <laughs> uh, me. So like Curtis was my producer. Big up to Curtis. Shout out to Curtis. And I think we just got into a routine where like for the first hour of the show, he just knew not to talk to me. <laughs> like from six cause, and as well breakfast is at like four hour show on one extra so it was six till ten so from yeah. six till seven I was just finished like just don't talk to me I'm not in the mood seven o'clock I'd turn it on but for the first hour it was just silence and a lot of music yeah, yeah 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 I hear that it's man very hard but that sleep when you get home after that breakfast show is sweet though it is, but the worst ones is because on a Saturday, I mean, it's a Saturday, Saturday, if I get finished at Saturday, if I do bre- weekend breakfast on a Saturday, 10 o'clock, it's time to do stuff. <laughs> and I've got kids that are so active. I've got to take this one to martial arts. I've got to take this one to dance. This one's going to swim it. Like, there was so much stuff to do. So um, my Saturdays were just, that weekend, that Friday to Monday was just hard for me. Tuesday mm. was my day when I would just honk out. I'd just be dead for the whole day. No one mm. asked me to do nothing. Mm, mm. But I would never I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy again <laughs> <laughs> right well before we before we go man I, um, lockdown how's it been treating you bruv yeah man I, I mean I said this to you off mic but I've, I feel like you mean when I press record of... but I forgot to oh, yeah, like, tell you that I, I press record again <laughs> <laughs> last time but, I did that was in that episode clip that I played as well freaking hell yeah go on I used to do that all the time <laughs> I, I, like, we do have that like, four hour podcast I get home and be like oh ace hey, man <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. I didn't hear record. <laughs> oh no, man. The, <laughs> the memory card, man, it's corrupted. Uh, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, I, I know I know like lockdown's been quite difficult on a lot of people. I think for me, it's been the opposite, man. I found a blessing in it, man. I think um to not to get too deep, but I feel like I had a real issue with confidence um before before this and I feel like I've started to find it I've found it during this time and I've been able to just like sit down and work out what my next step is I'm about to hit a landmark age which we won't mention because I, I don't like 55, no, 60 years old Ace, 70 I'm about to hit a landmark age and I think in what we do it's easy to feel like uh, am I too old to do this and what should I be doing next and I should I be like you start to question yourself but I am now I'm very clear in what I need to do next and where I need to go and and my um my position in the game and how important I am to the game. Like I think that's something that I might have questioned myself. But I think like all of these things are coming into into my mind and, and the stars are aligning in certain things and I'm making steps and there's conversations I'm having with certain people that I wasn't having before and certain people are reaching out to me. I just think it's been a good thing for me. Obviously COVID is horrible. We've lost some amazing people. Uh, rest in peace to Ty. Like we've lost people that are close to us. I've, we've had family members or people that are close to our families lost. But in regards to just being able to sit down for five months, I found a real blessing in it, man. At the beginning, yeah, it was just Tiger King and Uber Eats. That's it. <laughs> that's all it was. Tiger King and Uber Eats, and that's all I did. And I was like, what am I doing? But then slowly but surely, I started to just like do more research, getting online and working out all of this tech stuff and just working out the, 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 like the intricacies of stream, all of this stuff. I learned how to do a Rubik's Cube. Like I'm doing bit bare stuff going on. You're speed Rubik's cubing now. I've got it down to like two minutes now. Is there a technique? 
Oh yeah, it's, it's about algorithms and pa- and patterns. So it's so it's just it's cheating. There's no, it's not. I shouldn't be impressed with it anymore. Then if it's just the algorithm, no, not really. You can you could go on YouTube today and work out how to do it. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it took me about how long did it take me, babe? It took me about ten days to like perfect it. Yeah, this is no of a life. So it took me about ten days to because like it's learning the algorithms in your mind. You gotta keep learning the algorithms. Yeah, I so then my daughter came over and I and I sat down. And I was like, look, this is how it goes. You do this right. Blah, blah, blah. She learned it in an hour and she, she was like, <laughs> she's like now me and her are like battling to see who can get it done the quickest. She learned it in an hour and she's got it now down packed. It's not hard. Trust me. I'm I'm thinking of picking up something like that, but um, nah, man. I think it's just more Netflix for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I think I've watched everything. Like I've did, and, and like, like I think I know my lane on Netflix now. I definitely love the crime, like Unsold Stories, Cold Case uh, Files, all of that stuff. Uh, what's the one I was watching recently about the Innocent Files? I've been watching Ooh. loads of, loads of stuff. Innocence yeah. Project. Oh Innocent man. Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my lane. That is my lane on Netflix. Obviously, I watch the Epstein, all of that stuff. Like the crap. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. That is a wild dog. Do you know what's mad as well? That's re- it's coming to light again. The whole case is 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 there's like updates because that Gizlane is now in in custody, and they refuse bail, so she can't get out. She she has to stay. It's She's wild anywhere. She uh, she pled not guilty, and apparently they're moving her from cell to cell um, because apparently there's they're saying. Apparently, I don't want him to come after me. There are killers in jail, so I don't know. I'm, I don't know. We're, to see how this unfolds is going to be interesting. I'm not trying to trivialize this, but you only really see things like this happening when you watch fictional shows, where it's like you know, like Breaking Bad. Do you know what I mean? Do you remember like there's like a mad hit that he that he orchestrates in jail? That's cr- it's crazy, man. It's crazy. She was even in a mansion in in New Hampshire. And they said the way that they, she got away with it, she had some foil over her phone or something. It's like, these are things that are happening in fictional films. Like, this is nuts. It's crazy. So anyway, yeah, we'll it's see absolutely crazy, man. But um, yeah, I just thought I'd say thank you as well for being part of the show, man. I know you've not been on for a while, but we are now award winning. Obviously, that's right. what's kind of made us... Man, congrats. Like, this has always been a, like, a vision for Marcus. I want everybody to know this, like, he pulled me in nice and early. Obviously, like because of like um, commitments, I wasn't able to continue doing it as as often as I wanted to. But he just he grabbed the ball and he kept it moving. And look at you now, bro! Award winning, my G. Saying it I wish chest, I could let the broadcaster near me. I drop a bomb for you. But yes, <laughs> I've been watching it, and and obviously I catch the clips every now and then, and I get to listen to it every now and then. And it's just perfect, man. It's exactly what you wanted to do. You haven't strayed away from the topics. You haven't like diverted. Like sometimes it's tech, sometimes it's foolishness. You've had sick guests. I see Kofi Kingston. Oh, yes. Like, all of these things, man. I, pre- I appreciate it, man. And I think what you're doing is, is amazing. And it's all you. It's black owned as well. You know what I mean? So we continue to support you, brother. Yeah, thanks, man. And um, yeah, I want you to share in this win as well. You know, you're part of the DNA of the show. And like you said, man, Black-owned podcast. We, I've learned a lot about being in this podcasting industry as it's kind of grown over the years as well and how the conventional radio system's taking note of it as well. And, and, and I kind of want to make sure that we protect this space and make sure that it takes the best of, of the aspects of, of kind of conventional media that got transmitted across the airwaves and also takes the best of the fact that we can be free and own it as well, man. So thanks for being I, part I, of the win, I, bruv. 
I wouldn't want you to say this on mic, but I'm very sure you've had phone calls about <laughs> about deals and dead money that people are trying to offer you to take control of. I can imagine. I know. I already know. You don't even have to say it. I know. Like I know that there's certain streaming platforms and maybe certain broadcasters that would look at this and be like, oh, this is cool. Let's go and grab that and let's offer him. I won't put no money out there. And I know that you are like within your, like you're well within your knowledge to know that it's bigger than that. It's bigger than just signing it over to you. And it's bigger than just getting a wage to do this. So I want to salute you because I know that sometimes as well in situations when we're offered crumbs, we'll take that because we see the broadcaster is huge or we think that the, um, the association with a certain platform will help and we'll just take the crumbs because of that. But for you, I can tell that it's about building your own thing and making this so that you've got your own. It's, it's bruv, I'm not going to keep, I'm not just going to, I'm not going to, but I know, I know that you've been approached by some platforms and I just want to salute you for keeping it you. Yeah, man, I think it's super important, man. I've super, super important. I will tell people like I always, this, this is related to kind of a reply that I could give you off mic, but I've always wanted to make sure that I'm diverse enough so that if it something happens, I'm I'm in a place where I'm I have enough ownership over what I do to be comfortable. So I think this sometimes if the internet stops, how will I live? How will I continue? Have I got a backup plan? And I always I always think like that, and I think that helps you to kind of build something that you can take in a in a, in a direction that you can be proud of. And also with How to Kill an Hour, it's it's not called the Marcus Bronzy Show. It's called How to Kill an Hour for a reason. It's something that I want us all to be part of, and as we continue to grow, a platform that we can all take with us and have ownership of, man. So, but yeah, very good question, Ace. Thank you. <laughs> There's some dead, <laughs> there are some dead peas flying around out there, man, yeah, and I'm not I'm not hearing any of it, bruv. Um, Hi, Mark. Uh, we see your nice little podcast over there. If we give you a fifteen pound forty nine, how would you like? One, how would you like one quarter of a percent of a penny for every listener? How would you like that? How, how, I mean, <laughs> oh, we've got this nice little phone that we can give you. Yeah, yeah, I hear that, man. And also, you've got your podcast as well, man. Cut the Chat as well. Yeah, man. Bro, I mean, active. For, for me, like, Cut the Chat is more of a, just a, an opportunity to just link up with my virgins once a week and chat shit. Like, and, and I think um, we've been doing it for so long and it's almost like we, we can't even stop now. Because <laughs> as soon as it people are just like oh, hey, what happened to-? and like people necessarily really want to know what's going on in our lives from week to week so we'll continue doing that for sure mm-hmm. I think there is a definitely a need to step it up to definitely. the next level I think um, podcasting is definitely the future man people love it people absolutely love it and people want to know what's going on in, in our lives from week to week and it's just another insight to the, the people that are on the microphone Definitely. And you can also just have like mad segues into things like, I'm going to ask you, Ace, this is going to lead into a clip I'm about to play. When you go for a shit, do you stand up or sit down when you wipe your ass? What? Because <laughs> people don't know that. People don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, we never spoke about this on a podcast before. No, no, not us. No, not us. It was on an episode. I'm about to play a clip from it, but I thought I'd just lead into that, Ace, um, and, and ask you the question, because people don't know that there's sitters. If you, if you stand, people don't know that there's sitters. If there's sitters, people don't know that there's standers. Uh, so I'm going to answer this question. Uh, my girlfriend is looking at me right now, and I feel like whatever the answer I give, <laughs> he's going to judge. But I'm going to say this. 
I definitely still sit down. Thank you. You're part of the sitting crew. You kind of just lift up the cheek a little bit and then you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You lift up the side and then you go and then, yeah. But I feel like standing up is for kids, no? That's like, daddy! <laughs> and then you go, and then you go, go wipe his bottom. That's, that is... <laughs> I got two kids and I know that pain. Like they call you after they've gone poo and then yeah. you must wipe for them. So are you a sitter or a stand up? I'm a I'm a sitter. I feel like I completed my toilet training. I feel like you didn't complete your toilet training if you stand up like how yeah. like <laughs> why? I'm sure standing up is a bit messier as well. Like let's not get into that. I think it would create a shit burger. Yeah, you're right. I think the yeah, cheeks, right. the cheeks would push together the poop. Exactly. Yeah, yeah no, I don't like that. All right, cool. Well, um, you're about to find out what the origin of this was, uh, Ace. I'm about to play a clip. Let me just find out what it's called again and where it is. Da, 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 da. It was episode 270, Stand okay. or Sit, the origin. It was Billy. You know producer Billy, before I play producer it? Billy, man. He's a stander. How do you feel about that now? He's a stander? Oh, man. Maybe he's got, he's, got, he's got small butt cheeks, baby. <laughs> Maybe whether maybe the 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 standing or sitting is defined on whether your cheeks touch. If, if you if you've got butt cheeks that are so small that you, the picture in my mind's amazing. Like if you if yeah if you've got no bum, maybe you can stand up and do it. Actually, one That's more thing is before I let you go, you you've survived COVID. Yeah, it's mad. So I I had the fi- I had um. So for those that don't know, I'm actually like waiting for a kidney at the moment. So I have dialysis three times a week, and um, it was a Friday, and I had dialysis. And when I got home, I was just like, I had this like mad fever and I had body ache. But I put it down to like because I was sitting underneath the aircon, and I was like, oh, they made me sit under the aircon. They've made me ill now. I thought I had a flu. Um, so then that weekend it was like Friday, Saturday I would still have the fever and the shakes and then I had like body ache and then by Sunday I felt better um, and then on the Monday I called them and said look I had this like kind of fluting and I know that we're supposed to tell you if we've got any kind of like mad symptoms I was like I don't think it was COVID but I'm just telling you guys and I was like look don't come in like we'll send you somewhere else to have dialysis so they sent me somewhere else to have it in isolation and they tested me there and then and they were like yeah you had you had COVID bro um, but like, luckily didn't have like the main symptoms. I didn't have, I don't even think I had the loss. I might've had the loss to taste a little bit, but I didn't have the loss to t- smell. I didn't have the cough. My chest wasn't heavy. It literally was just like a two day slight flu and I had the sweats and, uh, and that body ache. And that was about it. Scary, um, man. How it affects it people scary. differently. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, um, yeah, and I'm pretty sure everybody that was that is in the house with me should would have probably had it as well. I just think it affects people in different ways, man. But then as well, they also like we no one knows enough about this thing, bro. That's all it is. Like I so I'm like, and and I gotta be honest, I in and this is bad of me, but like I'm like, okay, I've had it. So am I immune? And like, well, yeah, you've got the antibody, but that doesn't necessarily mean you can't get it again. And then are there different strains of this thing? Like, they don't know enough. So yeah, we all have to keep being careful. Like, keep wearing your mask, keep washing your hands. Like, practice social distancing if you can. Um, it is scary. It is scary. Look, I see the fear in Marcus's face <laughs> before I press record. I'm like, Ace. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got alcoholic. Like the actual, what's it called? Like the doctor's thing that they use. You know, like in a film when they splash 100 percent alcohol on over a wound, and like I've yeah, got, got that sort of stuff. That sterile. 
alcohol wipe. I'm not fucking around. You're not ramping at all. Nah, no, man. I'm very that, man. I think we're like you. You see a lot of foolishness out there at the moment. Like I've just come from outside, and it's it looks like nothing's going on now. They like everybody's yeah. just normal. Uh, we need to really be careful, man. Like we, they don't like although like. We're like, no one's, it seems like, we, I think we had, we just recently had the first day that no one died or whatever. Like, yeah. we we still don't know enough about this thing. Is there going to be a second wave coming? Like, is there different strains of it? Like, what? We have no idea. So, everyone just be careful out there, please. Yeah. Well, I do. It's been very interesting to learn about human behavior. I have seen people that were so ready for pubs that they were in there on the first day. Uh, I'm just like but anyway we won't get into people bashing now Ace thank you for joining us on episode 100 we said we'd save it for something special so um, yeah I'm about to play a clip of where (laughs) we basically first started speaking about whether we stand up or sit down and we also found out that Billy's a stander so yeah we'll get into that cheers so as you can hear the conversation with Ace was actually quite a nice long one in fact I think it pretty much brings us up to a whole episode so what we're going to do is we're going to continue the conversation and you're going to hear the clip that launched the whole do you stand up or sit down when you you're in the next episode because that kind of was one of the highlights that we've had with Nick Bright another one of our presenters over the years so you can look forward to that in the next episode in the meantime make sure you follow us on at how to kill an hour on all social medias and I'm at Marcus Bronzy M-A-R-C-U-S-B-R-O-N-Z-Y and I'm really really thankful to you the listener for being a part of how to kill an hour since we have started doing these man like you know it's taken a while but we're going to places that no other podcast has gone before so yeah in the meantime stay blessed there's plenty of ways to kill some time out there thank you for killing some time with us hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 